Anything combat with Johnny K. Well, it's anything combat, though. Welcome back, combats the Anything Combat show, where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by a special guest. He was the Church Street Boxing coach. He fought boxing, Muay Thai, and kickboxing. He's a veteran. He's the Kill Cliff coach right now. He's training one championship champions, Bellator champions, and UFC champions. Please welcome the Honorable Jason Stroud. How are you today, Jason? Great, man. Great, great. Happy to be here. How's work going for you right now, Kilcliff? Um, I mean, it's 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 always exciting there. You know, like it's it's a great environment to be in. Um, everybody's always excited to learn, and it's just yeah, it's 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 never a dull moment there. You know, but it's but it's always it's just such a great positive learning environment. I've been to a lot of gyms before in the past. I, I owned a gym part time in, in New York. And uh, yeah, it's just something special about it. Maybe maybe it's just the Florida weather, and it's always summer, so maybe everybody's in a good mood, you know. How does it compare to your time at Church Street? I mean, I don't know if it can compare because it is so different. You know, like when I showed up at Church Street in two thousand four, I just kind of showed up, and I was like, I, I, I knew a guy, uh, Chris Romulo. I met him in a class before. We moved around. He's like, Hey, you want to come help me get ready for a fight? And I was like, sure. And then eventually there was a spot open and he's like, Hey, you want to start teaching classes? So it was like, just trying to find work from where I came from in Milwaukee. You know, I was relocating. I, I didn't know how long I'd be in New York. I thought it maybe a couple months, maybe a year. And then it turned into a lot of years. And then I you know, was running all the majority of the classes at church street and training fighters out of there and, and owned a small piece of it for, a, you know, time of my life. And yeah, it was, it was a great learning experience. You know, I got to, see a lot of different things and learn a lot of different things. A lot of good boxing coaches around, uh, different kickboxers and MMA fighters came through. So I really got to learn a lot in New York. You know, I had a good base. I started in Milwaukee with Duke Rufus. So I had a good foundation, good fundamentals, and it just kind of carried on. And I just kind of guess I just kept getting lucky. And then, yeah, now I ended up in Florida at one of the you know, top gyms in the world. So you know, I can't complain. This is, it's been a great ride so far, you know? What's the story behind that at Killcliff? Who invited you to start coaching there? Because you've had a lot of success there at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I was at Church Street. I left Church Street and ended up in Bangkok for a while. I was doing commentating for Absolute Muay Thai, which was on UFC Fight Pass for a while. So I was doing that for a while and was kind of at a moment where I didn't have a lot of fighters. And so I was like, well, I'll go to Bangkok and check it out. And the guy I used to own the gym was doing you know, getting content in Bangkok or whatever. He said, Hey, you know, we want to come check this out. You want to try commentating? I was like, yeah. So I went there and then the world, you know, COVID came and things kind of got turned all around. And I was like, all right, I'll go back to New York and just see how it goes. And I was teaching classes there and kind of just doing a little bit of like helping out and just, we were doing outdoor classes and eventually indoor classes. And I didn't really have a place to live. I stayed at a friend's house and then I'd kind of just sleep in my van in the city and just kind of do whatever. And it was getting cold. It was like December and like December in New York is not very much fun, you know? So I was like spending money in, in hotels when it was too cold to sleep in the van. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to head back to my family's house in the Midwest and stay with them. And, uh, I used to train Jared Gordon when I was in New York and then he went and moved to Milwaukee, which is funny. He trained with Duke for a while. And then he ended up down in Florida and, uh, you know, he's like, Hey, I got a fight coming up in February. You, you want to come help me out? I was like, man, I don't know. Do I really want to do that again? <laughs> You know, it's kind of nice taking a break. When I was in Bangkok, I just trained myself, and I didn't really have to worry about working with fighters because it's great. But man, that shit's stressful, man. Like it's it's such a, an emotional roller coaster. The ups and downs are are crazy, and, and it was kind of nice just to be like, hey, I get to just 
commentating on fights and get to watch great fights. And I learned a lot commentating on fights. Just, I mean, you're in Thailand watching the best at what they do. So you really get the, you know, good understanding of it, watching fighters, just living it, just being in it. So I learned a lot there. And then when I got back to New York, you know, like I said, I was like, started teaching some classes and I kind of, you know, got that itch again. And I ended up taking, actually there was a kid that fought in Pennsylvania during that time. And, and, uh, he brought me with him to go, you know, work the corner of his fight. And I was like, man, it, 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 you know, once it's in you, it doesn't leave. So like, I got that, like that itch again, that little fire was starting to burn again. I was like, man, I kind of do miss this. You know, I miss this and teaching the classes and watching people learn and get better. It's just like, man, I, I really did miss this. So then when Jared called me up, say, Hey, you want to come check it out? And I was like, you know what? Maybe I will. And, you know, cause I was in, I was back in Wisconsin. It was it's cold and gray and kind of like the UK and that side of the world, you know, it just sounds like out once a year. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll check out Florida. So I packed up my van, stuck my bike in it, and took three days to get to Florida. Henry Hooft also called me, and it was like, hey, we got a great thing going on down here. Jared said good things about you. We, we've met in the past, so we knew each other. He's like, you want to come check it out? I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, I don't really have a lot going on. I thought, like I said, I'd end up in New York and go back into that gym, and, and you know, that would have been great, too. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just go to Florida, and yeah, I drove down there, and I haven't left, and it's been almost three years now. So, yeah, things are going great. And it's like, man, I get to work with the top guys in the world. You know, it's like... It, it, it's not even, I don't even know if it's me bringing anything to the table other than I just get to work with such great talent. So like, you know, they make me look good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm there to kind of like give advice and, and, and guide and, but I learned so much from them too. You know, it's just such a back and forth thing, which makes it great. You know, there's not like, you know, throughout my career of being a, a coach or whatever, or a trainer, it's like, you know, you go through this learning curve where you think you've got it. And then all of a sudden, wow, you, you learn, you don't. And then, you, you just keep learning new things while working with new people and just things progress, right? It's like like the fighters, they progress and, and I progress. At least, at least I think I hope I have. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> what the heck's the point? You know what I mean? But yeah, it's just great people, man. It just, it just, it just keeps going from there. One of those great people that you worked with was Robbie Lawler. I'll take you back to his retirement. Now, yeah. we've seen so many UFC champions kind of have a bad exit. Just to name yeah. a few... Henan Barrow's exit is one that kind of stands out, and T Wood, Tyron Woodley's mm -hmm. exit, that was a real, that was difficult seeing that they were at the pinnacle of the sport, and seeing yep. how after a while, if you just keep going, if you keep fighting, it's going to catch up with you. And Robbie yeah. had a little stint there where the new guys were kind of getting him, like Colby <clears throat> and stuff like that, yeah. and then then they put him up against somebody that people were betting against him. And I was yeah. watching the fight, and I was I was hoping I go. I swear, if if the old Robbie rocks up for one minute, the old yeah. Robbie rocks up just for a split second, the fight's going to be done for, right? And yeah. Yeah. and that fight with Nico Price is the single is that the single best retirement of a UFC champion we've seen? I mean, how could you not say it wasn't right? I mean, yeah, like you said, like how many times people? Because usually when you got retirement in your mind. You're kind of already right, checked out, right? You're already kind of like, all right, I've done what I've got to do, but I still got that, you know, I still got it in me. I want to see if I can still do it. And then you keep pushing it, keep pushing it. You're like, all right, this is going to be my final fight. And then once you kind of go into it thinking this is going to be my final fight, like we've seen it so many times. It's like the guys on the mic at the end, like, I just don't got it anymore. And your heart's breaking watching these guys you you looked up to, you watch fight forever. And it's like, yeah, they just, they they, they keep, because it's, you know, they're fighters and they're warriors and they, and they just keep going for it. And, they go too much and it's like, oh, you know, like, all right, I'm glad this was your last fight. But I mean, you couldn't have had a better 
night. Like, I mean, come on. I mean, the knockout, the just, I mean, that was probably, if not one of the greatest experiences of my coaching career, just being involved in that. Like, I feel so lucky I got to be there. They were like, wow, like, I got to be in this guy's corner. Like, I remember he was starting the fight when I was like starting the fight, and he kind of just took a different path. I took a different path. I remember hearing about him from being in the Midwest and then just following him throughout his, his career. And then I got to be there for his final fight. And man, that was beautiful. The whole walkout, everything, like him walking up on top of the stairs and just staring out in the crowd. And it's just like, you get that energy and you're just like, I'm trying to hold it together. You know, and like everybody in the corner is trying to hold it together. And it's like, oh man, he gets in the cage. He kind of like moves around. And I, I said something to him and saw that he was just dialed in. And, and I felt it backstage too when we were warming up. It was just like, like it, it, you could see it clicked. I was like, ooh, he's on tonight. He's on, he's on. He's like, everything's lining up and it's just going perfect. And then, yeah, we saw what happened out in the fight. It was like, yeah, it was, it was, man, that was beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Couldn't ask for more. Couldn't ask for a better way to go out, you know? You never know when an iconic MMA moment is about to happen. Like you can never predict it. And when it happens, you kind of think to yourself, is this one or isn't it? And I think that Robbie's performance, like at the end of his career, that final match, I think that's just one that will be remembered for forever. So is that, would you say that's a highlight of your coaching career as well? Oh, I mean, of course. I'm there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, because of how special it ended up, you know, and just the whole thing. But I mean, they're all, all the moments are special. The wins, the losses, the the the, the travel, the the build up to the fight, the, the backstories that people don't know what's happening, the things that these fighters go through to get to that final fight the day the way in the things they struggle with and mentally physically and all this shit and then you get to see it and then and then you know sometimes it doesn't go well and, and they lose but man when they when they win and you get to see that smile on their face and even if it lasts a day a week a month it's like i don't know i think at the end of the day that's really what it's worth at least at least to me like you know i'm doing this for so long i'm i, I chose this career i'm gonna probably end up doing this the rest of my life and you know, it's like I, I live comfortably. I'm not some, like, I don't have a Bentley out front. You know, it's like I don't have all the things a lot of these fighters, you know, get. And I feel like sometimes we, as trainers, help them get that and achieve that. And it's like just to see those moments where they get to have that smile on their face and they get to, those, those, those are special, you know. And it's like, and if you don't, you know, if you're not, like, if you don't know, the, like I said, the backstory or if you're not with them, you're not seeing them struggle and, Sometimes the losses, the losses, then the wins. It's like, I don't know. That's what makes them all special. Like every little, like even guys I've trained when they're amateur, like seeing them progress and just become better people and just, I don't know, just, just finding themselves. I think that's what really are the highlights of, of, of the job that I do. And, and many of the coaches and trainers that I know, like that's the highlight, just seeing them kind of become a better person or just kind of figure things out. But but even but those moments are special too, you know, like when when they go out like that and they're guys that have been around for a while and yeah, I mean you just you can't write that, right? You couldn't make that up. It's like it's like a movie, like the way he went out. It's it's beautiful. Every MMA um, personnel, if you're a fighter, if you're a coach, if you're uh, in the industry, everybody has a different timeline of when they get successful. Sometimes it's very young and sometimes mm -hmm. it's later on in their career. And then you look back and they were always good, but but they're only getting appreciated now. And someone that you work with that I want to point out to you is Nick Lenz. So he, I would yeah. say that he was an underappreciated MMA fighter. He was always there, yeah. but... 
people people weren't really paying attention to his fights. The hardcores, of course, I was watching, yeah. but apart, but the casuals, not really. Now that he's at Killcliff, the amount of compliments that I've heard from the fighters about his coaching style, I feel like he's finally getting the respect that he deserves. So, what's yeah. it been like working with him? What can you say about him? I mean, yeah, he, he, I mean, he's fought everybody. I, like, I, I forget, and I'll, like, bring up a guy, and he's like, oh, I fought him. I'm like, oh, yeah, you did fight him. It's like... Yeah, and Charles we, Oliveira, and, like, everyone. <laughs> everyone, like, numerous guys, like, uh, Waylon Lowe, I brought him up. He's like, yeah, I fought that guy. I was like, man, that's right, you did fight that guy. And it's like, yeah, he's he's been around, and, he, and he's one of those rare guys that he... I mean, he, like, I'll even see him sparring out, and he's, like, tearing these guys up. It's like... And he's got it. He's got all those little tricks and he's, and he's got all those little things he's learned throughout a career like he's had where he has fought everybody and he never turned anybody down. He may have won, he may have lost, but he's got so much knowledge inside of him and it's great to see him pass it on to these, these fighters, whether they're the new fighters or the fighters that have been there. And again, that's what, that's what makes this place so great is because of that. Like, you get a guy like Nick Lenz who's been in there a lot and, and had the experience and knows the roller coaster ride and the, and the emotions that are involved and every little thing He's done it. He's been there. He's seen it. He's weight cut, this, that. Like, it's great to have a guy you can go up to and be like, hey, what did you do in this situation? Or how did you feel when this happened? And it's just nice knowing that you have somebody with that amount of experience around you every day at the gym. You know, it's, it's, you can't ask for that. And I think that's, what, again, that's what makes this place so great. And it's not like he's walking around like, hey, I've, I've done it all. Cause he could, he could walk around, you know, pumping his chest and being like, you know, like, you guys don't know anything. I, you know, and he could, but he doesn't. And he just helps everybody. And it's like, we see him do that. We feed off that. And everybody just keeps feeding off. And it just, it just makes such a good environment. At Kill Cliff, it's an interesting setup. I see you working with uh, Jared Gordon. We yeah. always we, yeah. you brought him up before. So it's yeah. because of how it's set up. Are there fighters that you work with more than the others? I know that all the coaches kind of work with all the fighters together. But I've seen when I, when I go on social media, there's some coaches that particularly – um, work with a fighter more than the others. We're all interchangeable. We all work with, everybody works with everybody. You know, it's just sometimes if we know that somebody's going to go with somebody for their fight, they'll maybe work with them a little bit more because they're going to spend the fight week with them. They'll be in the corner with them. So it's just to get them to kind of dialed in and in sync, they'll, they'll kind of end up that way. But no, there's never like a, you know, maybe certain fighters and it's a comfort thing, like work with other coaches or trainers in the gym because they just have some sort of connection and that, that happens. I mean, we, we got a lot of guys, we got a lot of trainers at the gym and some guys just link up better, but there's never like, Oh, I feel like I work with that guy more. Or I feel like I work with that guy more. And if, if there is, I apologize to everybody else in the room. I don't feel like I'm trying to favor anybody. And I know the rest of the coaches and trainers aren't trying to do the same thing. It's just, sometimes it happens and some guys are just more active on social media. So you just see more things, you know, it's just, that's just how it ends up. But I don't know. I mean, Jared's definitely one of those guys I have a little special connection with. I've been working with him for over 10 years now. So, yeah, I'll pay a little more attention to that guy sometimes, you know, just because of the, the history we've had. And, you know, he's like like a family member, too, you know, so it's we got that going on. So I might maybe favor him a little bit more sometimes. But as, as far as all the other trainers in the gym, we all, yeah, we work with everybody. It's just sometimes you just end up working with somebody a little bit more maybe than the other guy. But it's never like we choose these, we choose that fighter. It's just, no, everybody works with everybody. So there's never like a... You know, no favoritism. <laughs> I scrolled to the bottom of your Instagram and I saw a post from 2013 with Jared. Yeah. And you two yeah. both looked completely different. So oh, yeah. When you, look, yeah. When I had no you, hair. I had a shaved head. 
then I started like, wow, one day I was like, I should probably grow my hair out. And then I started growing it and now here it is. And it's on my face. Yeah. He looks completely different too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we've, we've been through a lot, me and that guy. When did you first meet him? Oh, it was probably around that time. It was like 2012, 2013, maybe a little earlier than, earlier than that. But I think that's when our friend brought him to the gym and was like, hey, I got this guy. I think you guys work well together. I think you can do a lot with him. He's a talented fighter. I was like, all right, bring him in. I was like, all right, yeah, he's tough. And there's a lot to work with here. Like, I feel like I can kind of help him build his, his strengths and, and just kind of guide him in the right path. It was like around the same time also that Liam McGeary showed up. Um, I was working with Dave Branch for a little bit, Philippe Nover. Um, so all these guys kind of knew each other from training together. Because in the city, you like do jujitsu here, you wrestle there. And you know, they're all at Henzo's doing jujitsu. And then a lot of times they go to uh, the Edge with Dave Esposito and, and a bunch of guys in Hoboken. And then they come down for me for like the boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. And then uh, I'd go over there to different gyms. We kind of strategize or whatever. But they all kind of knew each other in that world because that's just how it works in New York. You're all over the place. You're here, you're there. So, yeah, it was like, yeah, so I met all those. Yeah, probably like, probably like 2012, 2013, I think. I think I was looking it up the other day. So, yeah, it's been about 10 years. Yeah, yeah, since he walked in the gym. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been, we've been talking about in New York, you know, when he, when he fought at the Garden, like how many fights we've been into. And now we finally get like trained in New York forever. And now he's fighting at the Garden. And man, what a beautiful night that was too, right? Like fights this tough guy, he's, you know, Olympian. And, you know, he's he's lost only one fight. And it's like, man, all right. And Jared's had like a, a rough patch where he had the, the Patty fight. You know, we all kind of, you know, you know how Got that went. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, whatever we want to call it, you know. And, and then uh, he had that mishap with the you know, the headbutt and I don't know what happened there. And then another fight kind of fell apart. And it was like, man, he was just having a rough one. It was like, of all places, let it all come together tonight, you know, like at the garden, like how beautiful. That was another great moment, like where it's like all this that he's been through and he, and he, and he shows up here and he finally gets to fight in a place that, that, that is, I think his grandfather fought there. And it was like, that he, he pulls off a win and he gets a KO. It was like, yeah, I remember even earlier that day we were warming up. We were in the back, you know, like, the morning warm-up before the fight and I just felt him hitting pads and I was like, ooh, he's on. Like he was hitting harder probably then than I've that I've ever felt him hit in a while. Like it was just he was just dialed in. I was like, all right, we're cool, we'll just chill and save that energy for tonight, man. He got out there and did his thing and got the KO in that place, man. It was it was beautiful. I and mean, that was a great night. Great night. Is the person that introduced you to was that Rufus? Excuse me for not really knowing, but was it or was it someone else? To, to, to who? To Jared? Oh, Jared and you. Was it Rufus or was it someone else? No, no. It was, it was just another guy in the city that I used to train, like another guy in New York, um, that just a mutual friend I was kind of working with. And he kind of knew some fighters. He was like, hey, I got this guy. And then he brought me Jared. I think he brought me Liam. Um, brought me somebody else. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, no, Duke. I started with Duke in 1999. Um, I had my last fight with him in 2003. And then I left and came to New York. And we just talked back and forth. And that's how Jared kind of met Duke. And that's how Jared ended up out in Milwaukee for a while. So it was more like the other way, like Jared met Duke through me. And then, yeah, you know, whatever. And then Jared ended up one place or the other. But no, no, it was just a mutual friend in New York. That's how me and Jared met. Can you tell me about the process at Killcliffe when there's a new guy? What do you do to him? Do you just throw him in up against Usman immediately? Or do you just start uh, trying <laughs> no, to ease no, him in? No, 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 no. Like, I mean... There's not a lot of new guys that come through, and if they do, they're usually kind of established. We kind of know who they are. It's not like there's somebody coming in from scratch. We got a couple guys that are coming up, but no, they just kind of blend in. They just, 
you just work with them. We're not trying to like, you know, you don't feed them to the wolves because, you know, you, I mean, you, I guess you got to see what they're made of, but you just find out like if they make it through the week, then all right, they're going to probably stick around. It's like, not like we're like on top of them, like, yo, you got to do this. You got to do that. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we, maybe we should, it might be a little more entertaining, but no, we just kind of let them just here, here, just here we go. It's like being at the buffet, like take what you want, you know, and if it's not for you, it's not for you. You know, it's not like anybody's in there, like, you know, grilling anybody or sticking them with the tough guys because you don't want to stick a guy that's maybe got something coming up or a seasoned guy with a new guy and then this guy's trying to prove something and somebody gets hurt it's like you know you just let them just kind of all blend together and you kind of choose who you work with and then they kind of get a feeling of how the system works and then they it just all kind of just works together nicely after that most of the time do you get involved in the hard sparring rounds uh, I like to pretend that I do, uh, sparring days, I'll put my shin guards and gloves on and I do the warm up, and then occasionally I'll jump in. I'm like, no, I those days are over. Like it, it's hard to let that go. But in my head, I still think I can, and I'll be in a corner of a fight. Be like, man, I could probably get in here and do this. And then I have one good hard sparring day. I was like, no, no, no. It's, I think those days are done. You know, it's hard to let go of that ego and be like, all right, <laughs> these guys are some bad dudes, you know? On this show, we ask the single hardest questions and we always hound people for the answer. So here we go. Um, right. who, who is the single best fighter that you've ever worked with? Man, that's a tough one. I, the best fighter I've ever worked with. Um, I don't know. That That's tough because they're all – I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to give like a, such a vague answer. I'm not like – I'm not trying to save someone's feelings. There's so many guys, and they're, especially now, like back in the days, I could have been like, all right, this is the guy, that is the guy. Um, I can tell you the hardest puncher I've worked with, things like that. But overall best, I don't know. They're all talented. I mean, I I, I like that I get a chance to work with a guy like Robbie, who, who's got incredible power and knowledge. Um, a guy like Shavkat, who's just good all around. Um, you know, been in there with Usman, been in there with Gilbert Burns, uh, Logan Storley, Jason Jackson, uh, Impa, like all the, there's so many, I could say anything about, there's not one guy that like sticks out like, wow, this guy's like, you know, talented. They're all so good. You know, they're all really good at what they do. And it's like, I'm just lucky to be around them because cousin, you know, like I just be, be around this greatness. And it's not like I'm at a gym with one dude walks in and like, wow, this guy's the best. Like, <laughs> let's protect him. Let's, I can learn so much or he can learn from me, but it's like, they're all like great. They're nothing like yeah. There's not one guy that like sticks out like man. This is one bad dude because they're all they're all they're all good man. They're all you can watch them every day sparring and move with each other and they one day this guy will get the better of that guy and he'll get the better and it's like it's like almost like back in the days in the, in the, the late nineties with K one and they're all beating each other because they were all that good you know. There's no one guy that stands out but I don't know. They're all they're all pretty damn good man. Uh, the other day, I was watching Shavkat's career in M1 yeah. Global. I was watching yeah, yeah. his fights before the yeah, I remember UFC. That. Yeah, yeah. He, he did very well in M1. He was the champion. Yeah. And remember when they had tournament fights? Didn't they have tournament fights? M1 Global? Wasn't that a, like in the beginning? I remember going to a fight in Holland. It was like, I'm pretty sure it was M1 and then uh, Slam. And like they'd have a couple kickboxing fights. And then the M1 Global would come out. And it was like, Russia versus Poland, and it was like a team fighting thing. I think that was M1 Global. I mean, that was back. That was like early, early two thousands, probably. So that was a while ago, right? Or maybe it was later than that. I know it's because I was in New York. So it was like, yeah, maybe it was 2010. Jeez, I don't even remember. It was a long time ago. I have to look that up. I think that's where I was at. Although I might have forgot. <laughs> so no more hard sparring. See, there's. <laughs> 
So watching Shavkat's fights, I was watching Shavkat's fights, and the thing that kept on kind of pointing out to me is his only weakness, the only thing I think that's weak part of his game is the head movement and the and the fact that his defense sometimes isn't there because he's looking for the finish or yeah. or maybe that's just a hole in his game. Yeah. Um, n- not a disrespectful statement because his wrestling, his submission offense, submission defense, striking is yeah. up there with championship level. Yeah, fighter, yeah, for right? sure. so, so when I was looking into this, He's up against Wonderboy, and we've broken it down on the show before. But I I want to pick Shavkat because of the phone booth fighting that he's so good at, that clinch game. I think he can dominate a karate-based fighter with that style. So I would go with Shavkat. But you do have to say that if there isn't improvements in the head movement, it's it's it doesn't look good for Shavkat if he fights a Leon Edwards or a Wonderboy, someone that could find his head at one point and and get the knockdown, get the victory over him. So I think that you can't stay undefeated for forever, but what have you seen about his head movement in particular? I mean, I, I don't think I've ever noticed or, or I guess I got to watch. Really more. coach, you can't be biased. No, I'm, I'm not like, like I've seen him in the gym and I, I feel like he's just not bothered by it. Like he's makes little subtle movements where he's never getting hit like hard. You know, so he's never getting hit like with flush heavy shots. You know what I mean? Like, it may did look you see like the nothing. Jeff Neal fight. I did see the Jeff Neal fight. Yeah, and he, and he was yeah. just kind of like whatever, right? Oh <laughs> come on, coach. But, he got he got hit pretty badly in in that did, fight. Jeff's but, a very underrated striker, but no, no, even, no. He's, even I, I think he's I think he's a good striker, but I didn't I didn't feel like he was getting damaged or hurt in the fight. Did you? Did you see the? I think it might have been the third <laughs> round where Shavkat was like wobbly and he was and he was like um, he tripped over. Did you not see that? Where where he I got know, maybe I shot. did. Maybe I got to rewatch he, that. He got he got chicken legs. He got chicken legs because he got hit in the like with a really clean shot. And then Jeff tried to finish him. Jeff gassed out. And then yeah. Shavkat um, yeah, started beating him up and choked him out. Yeah, yeah. In the third. I don't. Man, I gotta watch that again. It's funny what you remember and, what you don't why, remember. And, and why I why I bring this up is because yeah. if you rewatch the Wonder Boy Jeff Neal fight, sure. Jeff didn't really touch Wonder Boy. So yeah. if he tries the same type of fight up against Wonder Boy that he did with Jeff, yeah. uh, I don't see him winning at all. But I see him taking Wonder Boy down. He can submit him, or or he can he can win the fight up against the cage and the clinch. So there's there's methods of victory for Shavkat, but if he chooses to fight in the middle of the cage, I think it's Wonder Boy's fight to steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Wonder Boy's talented. Um, kind of got that, that karate style is is it's awkward. It's a weird timing. It's hard to, and if you even if you've seen it before, it's still like a you, you can't bring guys in to even like imitate it because it is so weird. It is such a unorthodox, untimed movement. But I don't know. I still I still like. Shavkat's odds in this one, not even because we work together. I just I like his odds. I mean, yeah, everybody could move this and, 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 and fix certain little things, but then if you start focusing too much on the head movement, we see what happens sometimes too. Guys start moving it, and then they walk into head kicks, right? I mean, it's, it, this is a tough sport because there are so many things. There are so many variables that can, can pull off a win. You know, like you, you like I said, you focus on the wrestling, and all of a sudden you forget about this. You focus on that, and... I mean, shit. I guess that's what makes it. That's what makes it great because there are so many different factors and there are so many different things that can happen. And you can put a couple of guys and fight each other numerous times. You'll probably get different outcomes each time. You know. I mean, Usman Edwards. I mean, look at that back and forth. I mean, all sorts of different fights where guys have fought each other 
back and forth and it's like yeah i mean yeah he could work on head movement and he could work on moving his feet a little faster and he could work on defense but i don't know he's a, he's a bad dude man <laughs> you know what i mean like and, until you're around him and, and you feel his energy you, you get this like yeah he's a all right hit me shit whatever <laughs> i mean that doesn't always last forever for everybody but you know you can still pull it off and, and, and land clean punches and still kind of walk through it and you know I, i'm not a fan of that but some guys just have that they don't care, you know, and, and you can try all you want to help them do this or that, but until you actually feel that, like, oh, my butt touched the floor, then we got to, like, readjust here. Like, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing that they got on the win, you know? And that's the thing I've learned the most about just working with fighters is you can try to <laughs> give, you just give advice, you know, like, hey, I think this might work, or I hate, I think that might work, but there's never, like, I mean, I used to watch fights when I was, when I was, kind of coming up too and I'd be like well, if I was in the corner I'd have him do this or why didn't he do that and they start working with fighters like oh well because you probably told them a thousand times and they just don't do it or they they just haven't like like a video game they haven't leveled up they haven't found that new thing yet that they can oh yeah because it kind of takes a while to discover things like I remember that with me like like coming up like I'd be good at one thing and you think you got it and then you don't and then also you get it you're like oh oh like the light went off and it's like now this does make sense and it was like then that opens the next thing and maybe you're working on something else and it's like it's always evolving and you can always keep growing from it you know like think of fighters you watch where it's like you think they're done and all of a sudden they kind of change a little bit of something and it's like oh wow look at that there's a whole new a whole new person out here and it's like wow yeah that's what makes it great and that's what makes it fun and that's what makes this fight exciting because it is two guys with different styles and we'll just kind of see what happens you know like yeah i want our guy to win but man i know wonder boy he's a great dude too and he, he can fight man he's he's talented it's like we got two talented guys, and at this level, it's like, yeah, one little detail, we can focus on this or that, but then we might lose this, you know what I mean? So that's that's what makes our jobs, like, difficult, is just trying to always fine-tune, and, and and then this shit goes bad, and you're like, oh, no, what did I do? <laughs> Maybe we showed him the wrong thing, you know? So, But that's, that's what makes this game exciting, you know? Do you think that he'll fight for the belt after beating Wonderboy? I don't know about that soon. I mean... That'd be great, but maybe one or two fights, and then maybe you'll fight for the belt. I personally believe that if he's in a championship opportunity, that yeah. style that he has, I think he'll win it, uh, win the belt. I think it's oh, yeah. just his kind of. I think it's his time to win the yeah. belt, and yeah. when when the timing is right, and you have all the skills and the will to win, it's yep. usually that guy that that sure. gets it done. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. What do you think about the fight uh, on the card um, below it? It's uh, Ian Gary versus Vicente Luque. That's a very interesting matchup seeing that you worked with both guys. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. I mean, yeah, it's a interesting, another interesting stylistic matchup. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be – I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's going to be fun to watch because I don't want to see two of my friends fight each other. <laughs> I did enough of that when we were on The Ultimate Fighter. That wasn't the most fun thing to do because um, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose and – I'm not rooting for either of them. I just hope both of them come out and nobody's hurt. You know, like, all right, it's going to happen. we got a lot of guys in the gym. People know each other. People go this way, go that way. Eventually, they're going to fight. Things happen. Um, you know, we saw it with uh, uh, Usman and, 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 and Gilbert. Like, it just happens. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can even comment on that, like, how it can go because I've, I've worked with both of them, you know, and I want to be like, well, I think he could do this or I think he could do that because at the end of the day, they're both just going to be two guys in there with their own skill sets and just, you know, maybe the best man win and nobody gets hurt. You know what I mean? How, what, how do you feel about it? I'm curious. What do you think about that one? Just, just, no, I'm just curious. 
Yeah, it, uh, I'll break the fight down for you. So Vicente's style, I like his striking. It's um, it's it's sort of I would I would kind of say it's like a tie type of defense. Uh, you're the coach, you know more than me, but this is from just viewing it. Sure. I think that he's uh, more of a march down. Um, he, it's kind of like a medium pace, but when he gets going, he starts throwing fast combinations. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like the the high guard that he does. Ian is very elusive and quick. I think the speed kills, and I think that he, it, it, Ian hasn't taken damage in his career. I think Vicente, as you know, he's been knocked out, and um, he he didn't have the best performance up against RDA. I think if RDA, if you're going in there with an older fighter, and if Ian was in there, I think most likely he would have finished RDA. Um, I don't see that as a stylistic problem. I see that as that Vicente wasn't good enough to beat beat RDA. How uh, a up and comer would, and I think because he's taken a lot of damage, it's Ian Gary's fight to win. He'll probably win via maybe maybe a third round knockout if it goes for a war or a decision. If it's a if it's a slow paced fight, I think he just wins the striking exchanges. And I don't believe Vicente has the ability to take Ian down because of his uh, improved grappling. Yeah, good observation. You've done your homework. What do you think about the division right now? A welterweight. You have so many welterweights. What do you oh, think? Man, I was, how do you we think? Were just that how the did, day. I mean, how do they so deal with that? How do uh, they deal with that? Like the relationships, because all of them want the same spot, sure. but as we know, there's only one. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that like I said, it's, it could happen. Like they all want to get that, but it, I guess it helps them all get better, right? Because they're all pushing each other. Like for a while there, we thought Logan Storley and Jason Jackson might fight for the Bellator title. I was like. Man, what are we gonna do in this one? You know, like <laughs> they're just gonna work no cornermen, like just give them water and you know wish for the best. You know, like you know, like there's it makes it so right. They're all pushing each other. They're all getting better. Gilbert's getting better. Jason's getting better. All, all, all Luke is getting better. They're all getting better because they're all pushing each other because they all want. I mean, what else are you doing this if you don't want to be the champ, right? I mean, they're all pushing each other to get to the top. So I mean, you can only have improvement with with that kind of talent and that kind of drive around you. You know, if I'm over, like, watching this guy train and, man, like, oh, I, he might want my spot. Like, I'm going to push it, and I'm going to try to train harder. And, oh, he sees that. And then the other one's 70s, and then he sees that. And it's like, that's what feeds off each other is everybody just keeps wanting what – that they want to be the top. So you just kind of keep pushing each other. And there's only – you can only get better. You can only all get to the top, and we'll just see what happens. You know, it makes it makes it interesting. It makes it interesting for the fans, right, because it makes it a good storyline. Oh, he trained here with him and that, and – I guess that kind of makes the Ian and Vicente fight exciting because of that, because they did train together at one point. But it's like, I don't know, at the end of the day, when you're in there and that, that cage door closes, it's it's just a fight, man. When a great fighter beats another great fighter that's undefeated, I feel like they get some sort of confidence boost for the next one. And Jason oh, Jackson just, just hit uh, probably one of the most... Uh, impressive wins of recent memory, uh, beating a twenty-seven and zero streak. I think, I think, yeah, twenty-seven and zero, I yes. believe it was. And he he smashed it. He looked amazing doing it. And I think him going to the UFC would probably be the best option for him. Now, if the Killcliffe guys weren't in the top fifteen of the division, then it would make a lot of sense. It probably doesn't make sense for him, uh, seeing that he's um, at Killcliffe. But if he goes to the UFC, I think he has great success there as well. Oh, yeah. I think, I, I mean, that performance, you couldn't have asked for a better performance, right? I mean, yeah, he beats a guy that's been undefeated for a while, a guy that knows how to win fights. 
You know, like he knows how to be in there and score. He's been in there. He's defended the title. He's never been beaten. And sometimes that can come get come back and, you know, like that can get you too because he's never been beaten. So you think it's just going to continue to happen. But I don't think it was the case. I don't think it was the case of just Jason just putting it on him and just wanting it and wanting it and wanting it after all these years and all this time, like finally gets his shot, man. He shined, right? He got the job done, man. He landed that bomb too. That right hand was a hammer, man. I was, I was so excited. Yeah. I think he could hang anywhere he goes. And now he's got that fire. I was talking to him the other day. He kind of came in and, you know, we were whatever, you know, congratulating him and whatever. And I was like, how do you feel? Like, does it feel like a now what? Like I've done it. He's like, no, man, I, I want more. Like I want to get back in there and do it. And I was like, ah, that's what you want to hear. You know, you want to hear like, Hey, I got the title. Like, all right, sh- done. You know, like maybe I'll defend it, whatever. But like, no, now he's got a taste. They got the guy out of there. And he's like, he feels like he's found a new Jason Jackson. And, and I can't wait to see what he does next. You know, like, yeah, whatever this I mean, sticks around with the, whatever the thing's going on with the, <laughs> this new <laughs> merger thing, or if he goes over to the UFC or wherever he goes, like, yeah, he's going to be something to be, you know, dealt with. He's going to be, a, he's going to be a force that people got to watch out for. And again, he's in the gym training with everybody else. So everybody else is just, you can just see it. Like, look how much better he's gotten since he's got to train with all these other fighters. You know, like his his stock is going up and his his skill level is going up and everybody else has to either get up to match him or else they're going to fall behind, right? I mean, that's just what happens at the gym down by us. Everybody just keeps pushing each other and getting better. The guy that told me to put money on Jason by uh, finish was yeah. uh, George Tukos. Oh, yeah, so yeah, when yeah. do we see him in the UFC? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? If he gets the phone call, that'd be great. But yeah, we'll see. It'd be nice. Do to you see like him working there. with George? Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, I think he's awesome. Yeah, good dude. Is he is is he sort of like a intermediate coach at at Killcliff? Because uh, I see, I, don't I see know. him. He just, he, he's just a good dude, man, and he just helps out a lot. Like he he knows what he's doing, and he's people feel comfortable with him, and he's he's kind of just a good body to be there when you want to like spar or grapple. And he's just, yeah, he's just a great dude, man. Like just a good dude to have around. Yeah. And he, and he, and he knows his shit. So yeah, it's nice to have him around. Nice to have him there. Why would someone be a better coach than a fighter? I don't even, I don't know. That's a good question. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you can see things, but you, you, you know how they're supposed to happen and you know how they're supposed to come out and it just doesn't work for you you know like you just can't do it yourself but you can like just break it down or see things that other people sometimes can't or maybe because you can't as a fighter you couldn't do all the things that you had to work so much harder for it and kind of like learn the techniques a little bit better that it's easier to explain to someone else how you figured it out versus like a guy who's just naturally talented you'd be like how did you do that like well like this it's like well you don't really even know how he did that. You're just really good at it, but you can't tell me how to do it, but you were just great at it. And sometimes those people don't know what they're, not what they're doing because they obviously do, but they just don't know how to explain it to someone or only, only they can do it. You know what I mean? Like look at a Roy Jones Jr. You can't, nobody can do that. Or Prince Nassim or a, like a De La Hoyos hand speed or a, or a, or George St. Pierre. Like some guys just have certain things you try to copy, but you just can't, you know? And it's like, they might not even be able to tell you how they do it, but they just are able to do it. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. You can probably think about that shit all day long, but that's what makes this shit fun. That's why I've stuck around doing this so long. Like I don't stick around with anything, but for some reason this thing's kept my attention this long. And I think it's because of that. Like 
it's evolving and changing. You can learn as a trainer, learn as a fighter, watch them grow, learn from them. And it's just, yeah, it's just, shit's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> Why do you, um, what was the most hyped that you ever got for a victory? It could be a victory in your career or it could be someone else's when you're in the corner. What do you think it was? I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I feel like now I'm like, I don't want to say that I'm desensitized, but I feel like I've seen so many fights. It's like, and they win. It's like, yeah, they were supposed to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I did get excited last week or two weekends ago in New York when Jared won. I was like, one of the first times in a while, I was like, I got like, yes. Yeah, like, finally. Like, and it was just more like, he got it. He got a break. Like, man, he got it. He it, 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 for some reason, everything aligned and it, it just worked out. So like that was a good one. But yeah, I just try not to get too, I mean, it's already emotional, emotional enough, like win, lose, like just, all right, they got through it. All right, nobody's hurt. It's cool. It's over. Um, and sometimes you can't even enjoy it. Like you see your guy knock someone unconscious and you're just like, well, I, I've had guys in that position and I know what that's like. And it's like, well, let's just hope that guy gets up. Like we could, we could laugh and celebrate it later, but it's like, Man, I just want that guy to be okay too, you know. Like at the end of the day, like I just want everybody to walk out of there, you know. I don't want everybody to end up, you know, damaged for life. So, yeah, I don't think there's any like moments where I'm like, yeah, they won. It's like I don't know because sometimes I sit there and I'm like, man, what a weird thing I'm involved in. Like I'll be in the corner, like, oh, he's caught, aim for the, like, just cheering for like to do more damage to another human. It's like, man, I don't know. Like when I was younger, I was into it. I liked violence and hurting people, but now it's like you see so much of it. You're like, what? wow, what a weird life. Like all these people are in here that you're these two individuals trying to destroy each other. And it's like, they just want to see blood. I want to see blood. And at the end of the day, it's like, we all go home and, and go back to our normal lives. And it's like, well, let's just hope those two guys get to go back to a normal life, you know? So yeah, I don't know if there's ever a moment where I'm like, I don't know. I've watched fights where I, I'm not involved with and I've been excited where I'm like, kind of wanted a guy to win and they pull it off or an underdog pulls it off and I'll get excited with watching a fight that maybe I don't have any ties emotionally too but yeah as far as like i don't know i don't want to sound like i don't like i don't give a shit it's just like yeah you got it you, you were supposed to win you know like you did all this hard work and you made it like yeah we, i'll give you a little hug and pound in the back and that's like all right that's it <laughs> like i don't want to get too because i get to do it again next week right and i get to do it like a couple weeks later and i get to go back to the gym on monday and i don't get to take off for a month and kind of like yeah we did it we did it it's like no i'm 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 going to go right back to what I'm doing, you know? Like, so I just try to keep it even. You know? That doesn't get too crazy because this shit's a crazy ride, man. How old were you when you started martial arts? I started late, man. I was like 22, I think, when I started. I just what gym fighting. did you go to? Uh, I started, I was in Milwaukee, so I started at, uh, back then it was called Petnoy Muay Thai, and then it, then it turned into Duke Rufus Kickboxing, and then it's become Rufus MMA. But yeah, I was back before like MMA was like cool. Like, people did it. But it wasn't like it is now, man. Like, I probably would have done that. And who knows where I'd have been if I'd have done that. Like, if I'd have started later, been born different. Who knows, man. But, but yeah, I just, I liked fighting. I was going to box. And then I went and saw a Muay Thai fight. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try this. You get to, like, kick people. And it seems great. And then I just kind of did that. And then as things evolved, I got more interested into, like, MMA and things like that. And did a little grappling here and there. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't really ever think I've. Like, I went, we used to, like, hang out at this mall, and they had judo in there, so I kind of got exposed to that, and never took the class, but I thought it was cool, and, you know, growing up watching movies, and kickboxer, blood sport, I'm like, oh, I don't want to make those, that looks fun, but I just wanted to beat people up, and I didn't mind getting hit, so I was like, all right, let's give this shit a try, you know? 
are you happy with your combat sports career, like your fighting career? Did you want to succeed more? Oh, I mean, or are, are you? I mean, I'm, I'm happy with shit, man. I got, I got to see the world because of this. And like, I thought I was just gonna like, you know, do construction, and stay out of jail somehow, and like, I don't know, do whatever. <laughs> you know, hopefully, just go to punk rock shows and cause trouble, man. And then I was like, all right, shit, I'm at a gym and probably can't go out and get in trouble because then I won't be able to go to the gym. So like, oh shit, I should probably not do that anymore. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I never been on an airplane. I was like, I'm never going to fly on a plane. It just seems stupid to me. But then somebody was fighting in Vegas for a K1 fight. And I was like, all right, I'm going. And I was like, shit, I guess I'm getting on a plane. And then I moved to New York and there was a fight in Spain. And they're like, hey, we can't go. You want to go? I'm like, all right, I guess I'm getting a passport. I'm going to Europe. And I was like, shit. And I was like, I never thought, like, even like a couple years ago, sitting in my apartment in Bangkok, I'm like, yo, I never even knew what this place was when I was, like, 18, 19. Like, I never knew what the world was. Like, I never thought I'd leave my little neighborhood. And it's like, damn, I got to go all over the world. But, I mean, yeah, of course, I wish my fighting career would have went farther. And, of course, you think you should have been a champion and this and that. And, like I said, I get these sparring matches. And I'm like, I could mess these. And then it's like, all right, whatever. Maybe you weren't here for that. Maybe you are here for whatever it is you do now. And it's like, I don't know, I'm happy, man. Like, I can't change shit, can't go back, and, like, that's going to keep moving forward, and I don't know what's happening tomorrow, like, I just know what's happening right now, and it's like, shit, man, I just got done hanging out at the beach, and it's like, I don't know, yeah, fucking life is good, dude, like, I don't know, like. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen, thank, thank you, Coach Jason, for coming on the show. Follow Coach Jason on Instagram, link in the description, and follow Anything Combat on Spotify. We will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.